0: Good afternoon. How does that sound? Oh, we, we great. We, we rolling now. Oh, perfect. Okay. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Derek D. Wildman. I got, uh, I think, one of the most funniest, smartest chess players ever on this podcast. We're probably going to be the best one ever. Introduce yourself, sir.
1: I am the world famous, amazing, <laughs> Jonathan Corblum of Brooklyn, New York City, chess player, <laughs> trivia host, scrabble expert. Backgammon hustler, general, man about town, grandmaster of life, <laughs> lady killer. <coughs> oh, that gets right. You a scrambler, scramble hustler? Oh, yeah, man. Um, A couple years ago, I was playing poker in uh, Bed style with some friends, and I was just, you know, spouting off about how I'm good at this, good at that. And they said, Oh, you never played this guy Wall Street, have you? And I was like, I don't care who he is. If I don't know his name, I could beat him. And it all started maybe about, I would say like seven, I was hanging out with Greg Shahadi and Jen Shahadi mm-hmm. at a party in Brooklyn, and Greg tore me up at Scrabble, and he's already an international master, so I was like, nah, I can't have this. So I went in the lab, I bought like some books, I watched a movie, I started playing Scrabble tournaments, and I was doing nothing but playing Scrabble tournaments for like a year, until I got good enough that I could beat most people now.
0: Wow. So, yeah. you just master of all trades, right? Uh, you know, I wrote an article for Chess Life,
1: um, and the title was Jack of All Trades, Master of None. The truth is, like, my rating on Scrabble, Scrabble ratings are kind of like chess ratings, where they go from 0 to 2,000. So, the best Scrabble players are, like, you know, eighteen, nineteen hundred, 1,900. But my rating on Scrabble is, like, thirteen, fourteen hundred 1,400 in tournaments, which is still, like, better than most people. And, like, chess would be, like, around, you know, 2,100, which is... The same thing I just.
0: Wow. Yeah. Before we get started, a lot of people want to address this. I was at the Chicago Open. You were at the Chicago Open, right? Yeah, that's right. You started off 4-0, right? Uh, I mean, if you say so, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Why Probably. did you drop out? A lot of people, see, want to know this. Why did you just drop out the tournament to steal possibilities of winning the month? A lot of people... And you could finally answer for me.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I'm a baller, you know? I mean, shoot, I'm I'm on TV, man. Like, I make mad money already. I don't have to, like, grind for money. I don't don't like to spoil. And I wasn't in the mood, to be honest. Like, I just didn't feel like it at that point. I was like, listen, if I'm front-running, I feel good. My mind is in the game. I want to play. As soon as I lost the game, I was like, I don't feel as sharp anymore. I just like something clicked in my head and I thought, nah, I'm done. That was basically about it, man. Like, I'm a hard dude to read. And at a certain point, if I'm not feeling it, I won't do it.
0: No, see, I respect it. I think that was just like the boss move to me. Like, I don't need this money. I came down here to have fun. Y'all need it. I'm out. I respect it. (laughs) Thanks, man. I mean, it's,
1: it's the God's honest truth. 100%,
0: Number percent, but a lot of people felt like you still had a chance. But I see where you coming from. Like you said, I'm not pressed for the the five Gs. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, listen. I'm not.
1: I'm not gonna lie. I'm not like fucking Bill Gates or nothing. Like I'll take five thousand dollars, but. Like, when I'm, if, if it's a freaking race, and I know I'm far ahead of everybody, then I can put on the burners and finish that race. But, like, when I get back in the mix, then, like, you know, I'm starting to fight with people. And I get frustrated. And at the end of the day, man, I play chess for fun. Like, that's not my living. Like, I do a lot of things to make a living. It's all coming from different places. But I want to maintain my positivity, man, my joy. And when I'm when I'm in there and I'm
0: fighting, it gets stressful. And I'm a no-stress kind of dude. Okay, I feel you Now, <laughs> how did you, for the people that don't know you, where well, everybody should How did you get into the game of chess? Give us your background
1: Alright, well, um, I grew up in Brooklyn in uh, Flatbush And, you know, my dad, my mom, they didn't know how to play the game Um, Older sister either But my brother knew how to play And unfortunately, he was like, you know, six years older than me And he never wanted to do anything with me But when I saw him playing with his friends, I started to get into it a little bit Um, But he would never teach me how to play. So I had to learn in the park. I had to learn in YMCA. And, you know, this made me about seven years old. And I started playing like little local kind of church tournaments, Boys and Girls Club kind of tournaments, unrated stuff in the library. But I got really into it by the time I was in, uh, you know, middle school, let's say. But I was terrible. Maybe at the top I was 600 strength. Um, But I kept playing like on the computer until I got to high school. When I was maybe about 1,200 strength. And there was this kid who was basically like, I'm talking special ed. Like, he just, he couldn't tie his shoes. He was always always had, like, crust on his lips. And I saw him playing on the computer. And I said, all right, let me beat this kid. And he waxed me. I mean, he just destroyed me. And then I would say almost every single time I've been motivated to get better at anything, I always got beat by somebody who I thought I was going to (laughs) beat. And then I just couldn't have it. So I got good enough to beat him. I was bragging, bragging, bragging to, like, a teacher. And there was a park by my school named Mount Olympus. And this is actually one of the luckiest situations I ever got into because this park was the park where Maurice Ashley came out. You know, Master Lee, Nemesis, like, all these great Brooklyn legends, Steve Colding played in this park. And, you know, my teacher just challenged me. He said, go to this park. If you think you're so good, beat these guys. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. There were like 10 tables in this park, and it was, you know, it was just massive, you know, all brothers, all strong players from, you know, the lowest table, they called the deep, you know, D table, you know, D players, 12, mm-hmm. 30 14 hundreds, all, and six tables going all the way up to the master level, and every single table had like four, five, six guys waiting on a game, so, you know, if you lost, you were just waiting for, you know, 20, 30 minutes for your next game. This was like five, three minutes games were playing. So that motivated me a lot. And, like, I started out on the D level. And, you know, for six months, I was sitting at that same table until I moved up to the C table. So on, so on, so forth. until I would say by the time I got into college, I was playing with the Masters.
0: Sweet. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Another game I remember you played at Chicago you played Tom Murphy
1: yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> and here comes the last you played right next to my friend Cameron yeah. he said that was the quickest game he ever saw in his life he said you completely just blasted Tom Murphy off the board do you remember that?
1: I mean yeah I remember the game Tom was an old friend of mine I know Tom since like 2002 or something like that um. Yeah, Tom is great, man. He's like an all-time legend. Everybody knows the legend of Tom Murphy. Um, he watched me up when I used to go to Dupont Circle. We used to play in the World Open, but not the current World Open, where it is in like Midtown, but like Adams Mark Hotel. And like, I learned a lot from playing guys like Tom Murphy. You know, he's fast, he's sharp. Uh, but that game, I feel like Tom was trying to play my game, and I don't think anybody can play my game. Because my game was just built on not just tempo, but speed. You know, I want to put time pressure on my opponents. So I play fast in the kind of way that, like, any chess coach would tell their students, you know, at the end of the game, like, oh, why were you playing so fast? And the kid says, oh, my opponent was playing fast. And that's the funny thing. is It's not just kids who do that. It's everybody. Like, people just have this. And, I mean, I'm talking about experienced players. Like, they don't want to fall behind too far on time. I mean, it's a time game. Um, And, I don't know, Tom started to get caught up, so he started making some moves that were a little bit inaccurate, and I just kept with the tempo, kept with the pressure, and then he made a blunder, and then I was tactically sharp. So, I feel like before the tournament started, I was, like, on Puzzle Rush, and I was just, like, trying to get, you know, a 45 on Puzzle Rush or something crazy, and I was just very in the flow state in that zone of doing tactics. And, you know, Tom was just in the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> he, was, he found himself on the wrong block and I was pulling out them ginsu swords i chopped him up it was pretty rough i mean don't tell me don't ask me what happened in the game i don't know the exact moves but i just remember and you know, i sacked the bishop and then like you know i did some check pushed him off i do not even know what it was it was it was bloody yeah yeah it was it i like I
0: went there but I just, I mean, I was there, but you played next to my boy Cam and Cam, like, D, I looked up, and next thing you know, they was packing up the fucking boards, like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but, but D, don't, don't get it twisted, man, like, I lose just as fast as I win, like, my
1: games have the same, like, my games are my games, they're core blood games, I go in, I go for it, I throw some pieces around, I get in the shit, I throw the shit all over the place, sometimes it hits them, sometimes it hits me, and if I blunder fast, I lose fast, and I just go for it, but... Usually I win faster, or I lose faster. So you said no matter what, you just playing your style of chess. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent, man. I'm never gonna play anybody else's game. I'm not gonna compromise. I'm going. I'm playing blitz. I'm play, I'm hustling. Like I'm I'm basically the exact same moves I play in one minute. Are the moves I play in three minutes? Are the moves I play in five minute? Are the moves I play in thirty minute? I the same moves I play in two hour games.
0: That's it. Like I don't change it up. I'm a blitz I- player. I can respect that. What do you think about Nathan Kelly and the Chicago Chess Blitzers? Oh, <laughs> I got to say, Nathan is a funny guy, man. I always call himself the, the strongest, the strongest 1400. That's his thing. I mean, if that's the title he wants to claim, I'm not going to claim it. But yeah, that's something he wants. <laughs> I mean, that's a wild title to claim. That's like saying I'm the world's tallest midget
1: or I'm the world's <laughs> like, you know. Like, you know, fattest anorexic or something like that. Like, (laughs) how do you prove that? And who's going to argue with you? You know, like, all right, Right. you know, he's the strongest 1400. Cool. Um, But no, I love him for that because, like, you got to get your own brand. You got to get your own niche. He figured it out. He, like, started to, you know, beat that drum. Got a lot of people interested in his National Blitz League and all that stuff. I mean, if I had the time for it and I wanted to, like, Get in the mix with everybody else. I would, but like the the bat signal that you need to call out, Jonathan Corbla is, is not easy to find. So, I appreciate how you know uh, <laughs> you were able to get me onto your podcast with diligence, and I I, I I like your hustle too. I can't lie. Yeah,
0: I'm from Detroit, man. it's you know, it's almost <laughs> a third world country, man. We gotta be consistent, and you know what I'm saying.
1: Damn straight, man. Persistence
0: <laughs> is key. Constantly hustle. That's, that's
1: how that's know. how I'm with girls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about gopal like the chicago players think gopal is like magnus carlson bobby fisher what do you think about his chess game uh, i'm not gonna speak
1: against gopal's chess game gopal i've played him maybe about 20 or 30 times and i would say he's definitely come up on me a lot um he's probably beaten me like 15 out of 20, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, 22 out of 30. He's, he's, he has my number. um, Because he's extremely, not only sharp, but he's fast enough that I can't get a time advantage on him. And he also knows how to give back, you know, and not sort of get into the, the, the sticks with me. Right. Um. One time we were playing in Bryant Park. And you know I want to go into depth on this because this is something that's really important to me. We were playing in Brian Park and you know, I was uh probably in a position where it was like a forced mate. I had like two one or two seconds left on the clock and I didn't notice it was a force mate. I thought I was in checkmate. But I had a move to get out of it. So anyway, you know the second is about to take off my clock and I go reaching for a piece to start setting the board back up because I realized like I made it. And I didn't realize it wasn't me. So he's like, yo, you resigned.
0: And I was like, what? He's like, look, you have a move. I was like, oh, oh, shit. He's like, is, nah, 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 you resigned. Is and this the famous, point, the famous post about, that went on, on Facebook about you resigning? Exactly, exactly. So from that point, I was
1: like, what are you talking about, Gopal? Like, I've never done that. I never resigned. Find a fucking guy who, oh, sorry, I don't mean to cuss. Find a guy in this country, in this world, who I've played chess against so you could prove that I resigned. And I'm writing you a check for a thousand dollars tomorrow. I don't resign in chess. Zero. None. Diddly squad. So and he was like the wheels off. he was like really serious about this, and I couldn't understand it. But you know, at that point I started to feel a little antagonized to him. I was like, why does he insist that I resign? Like, yeah, he must have something against me. Like, I, I respect your game. I think he's smart enough. He could go. I mean, like, I don't think he's a god like all the Chicago cats think he is. But he's good. He's a good player. He can beat GMs, top five GMs, even. All but right. him coming at me specifically like that, I'm like, nah. You can, you can go die in a hole, man. Fuck that. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not with that style. So like, I have a little bit of a little beef with GoPal. I can't lie.
0: Wow, that's upfront. Yeah, that's no, nice. straight up. That's 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 honest. That's upfront. During this time, I'm a big fan of it. Why haven't Chicago played New York? Y'all go back and forth. Why haven't y'all played? Um,
1: I mean, there was some kind of thing with like Canty and Justice, and uh, you know, a few kids in Chicago. this past Chicago Open, they they had like a little match. They have a, I mean, Angel Lopez and Sean went over to Chicago and played a few games, and Timmy Donahue came over to New York and played with uh, Brooklyn Jerry. I, I mean, I, I'm seeing this stuff on Facebook and people are posting it, so I mean, yeah, I know that that kind of thing is happening, but I mean, I'm not I'm not organizing matches, I'm not trying to uh, you know, like, I'm not Nathan Kelly, I'm gonna put it that way, like, I don't really get in the whole mix of that stuff, so, I'm New Yorker I'm John, and if y'all wanna play me, you have to set it up, bring me there, because like I mean, I'm not trying to be all high and mighty or bougie or nothing, but, I'm, you know, I'm this dude, you know? I'm this dude. Like, you got to you gotta find me, and you got to put me up. And I'll take out any one of you dudes, like Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, Houston, Atlanta. I don't care what city you come from. I'm John. <laughs> you know, Corbett's going to rip you guys up.
0: One thing I like about you, you was at the Chicago Open, in the Skittles room, trying to play everybody in the Skittles room. You didn't care if it was for a dollar. Where did you get that match state from? I liked it, though. It was funny to me, entertaining.
1: I mean, (laughs) D, here's the deal. It's not just the
0: Skittles room.
1: It's not just any tournament. It's every park in New York. every park around the world. It's any amount of money, and it's every single player. I played Karu Nakamura, $20 a game. I played, like, I'm I'm talking about, like, I played Gary Kasparov. For $100 a game. Every year I played Magnus Carlsen. Like 20 or 30 games. Straight up live one minute. And I got a billionaire friend. Who put like $200 a game on us. Like playing in the Chicago Open kiddo's room with a 1900 for three dollars that's like the the mind space of brushing my teeth or taking a dump i don't give a damn about playing like regular dudes for regular amounts of money that's there's a reason like i'm on a high level because i mean i got the confidence i back it up sometimes i don't always but i'm fearless i have no fear of any man and i'll play anybody and i won't resign to anyone and that's another reason why i think go pals Piece of dude, because he said I resigned to him. And Magnus Carlsen had three queens against me, and I didn't resign against him. Gary Kasparov had four different checkmates in one against me. I didn't resign against him. Who the hell is Go Pal Menon saying I resigned to him? And you know what? You could put that
0: in a letter and send it to him right now. <laughs> you know. You know what I think? I think it's like boxing, and you want to get you don't want to you don't want the judges to. You know what I'm saying? You want the knockout. I think that's what it is. He wants to be the one to say I uh-huh. made block tap
1: out. Yeah, good luck for that. <laughs> you ain't tapping. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs>
0: just, I, that's the only way I can see it is it's, it's a mental thing. I exactly. want to one to make him tap out, say he, you know what I'm saying, if we I have something over you. You know, it's <laughs> funny.
1: In, in that same message, like Robert Hess, you know, who's been my friend since he was like eight years old when I was like 18 or something like that. Robert was like, man, I've played Jonathan Corbla hundreds of games, and I've seen him play. Tons of people. I've never even seen him come close to resigning. Like, And Robert never even gets involved in anything with anybody. He's like, Go, Bob, you're crazy, man. And I was like, Yeah, like, you could ask like hundreds of people. I play people all the time everywhere. Follow me on chess.com. My last name is Corbland. That's my account name on chess.com. And fine, go through my 28,000 games. Go through my 30,000 games on ICC. Go through my thousands of games on Lee Chess. Find a game where I resign. I beg all your followers to do that I played something like 400 chess tournaments all around this country everybody's got a book they have a book where they wrote down their games go through all them books find a game where I resign and then put it in my face I do not do that I think about resigning as much as you think about I don't know joining the Ku Klux Klan you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right.
0: Corbly ain't laying down at all. I see. Nah, man, this is serious. Listen,
1: when I go and I play, I don't care how much I'm playing for. It's not even about the win or the loss. Because me, I'm like, I'm in my head. See, I'm a narcissist, and I'm, I'm the greatest. I'm like Muhammad Ali. I believe myself. So when I sit and I say, I could win, obviously, by any number of ways. You could resign. You could cry. You could knock over the pieces. I could make you checkmate you, whatever. And I could lose. But when I lose, I'm getting checkmated because I'm faster than you, and I'm not resigning. So there's only one way I lose,
0: and that's it. I'm getting checkmated. So let me ask you a question: Does resigning feels like you? I believe you. You never resign, but to you, does resigning feel like you're quitting? I mean, I know how it feels.
1: (laughs) I mean, you're asking me a question. That's like asking you how does it feel to fly. I don't know. You've never done that, have you? I've never resigned.
0: I respect it. I respect it. I respect it.
1: I mean, <laughs> ask, ask somebody who resigns how it feels.
0: <laughs> okay, let me ask you another question. A couple years ago, we was at the Chicago Open. It was this African American I am from Mexico. They accused them of cheating and made them get bare booty naked. What you talking about that? Huh? Word? I, I mean, I vaguely feel like I heard
1: about this. And, I mean, listen, the truth is there's a There is a spate of cheating in chess. I remember, like, something like six, seven years ago at the World Open, some dude was, like, rocking headphones, and he had, like, a friend inputting moves into the headphones. And, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I understand the compulsion that people have to cheat. Like, people are cheating online. You know, they're, you know, using engines and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I never really cheated. That's not my thing. Like, I don't even know how. I would even start cheating. Uh but yeah, it doesn't appeal to me. Like I like I like the feeling of making my opponent sad and crushing them. But I need it to be real, you know? <laughs> like if a girl's like, yo, you're the biggest guy I've ever seen, I'm like, I don't know, like give me <laughs> you know, like let me talk to all those other dudes. Like I'm I'm pretty sure it's true, but you know, I don't believe it until I see it. I like I like to trust and verify
0: okay I respect that
1: yeah I don't know it's, it's weird like the whole mentality of people who cheat is like it's so foreign to me and I mean the weird thing is like I don't even get too pissed or angry when somebody does cheat because it's weird like I want to beat somebody when they're cheating you know what I mean like I want people to do all the dirtiest tricks like I'm telling you I, I came up in the park with dudes like you know Poe and Russian Paul and, and Morgansky and, like, you know, elementary dudes in New York like that who are, like, they can do anything against you. They'll push the coin, move it past you, like, knock over a piece and make you touch this. Like, so I came up with these chaotic, kind of, like, compromised dudes. Now, obviously, that doesn't work for chess tournaments, but in the, in the arena that I'm playing in, the sort of no-holds-barred, you know, throw dirt in your eye, you know, eye gouging finger twisting you know all that kind of stuff right. yeah man like go ahead cheat against me well, i i, I want to find out afterwards that you were cheating after i beat you wow i'm telling you i'm playing the world world champion all the time i don't care how good your moves are i just want my moves to win and, I, it's, and it's not even about like i just a zero-sum game you know it's it's science it's you know computers have figured out everything right so, so. If a human's using a computer, I'm in trouble, no doubt. But if I'm sitting in front of you, you still got to pick up the piece and move it. I'm looking for my edge against you. You see, I, I want to go up against an insurmountable freaking dude and still crush him. But,
0: you know, I'm crazy. Now, now, I'm glad you asked this question because me and my friends have a theory. Because you said you played the world champion. And we believe that GM's at the top is off their rocker mentally. Hundred percent. Can you agree with that?
1: 100 oh, oh, well, percent. It's not just GMs at the top. It's anybody who is excellent at anything to become an amazing success at something. You have to. You have to start breaking down those conventional wisdoms, and you know, like you know, the grandmasters say, like you got to learn the rules so that you can learn when to break the rules. Um Mm -hmm. they learn the rules so well and so early that they have to break the rules in these insane ways and then break the broken rules. And yeah, I mean they all have like a little bit of that autistic spectrum going on. They all have a little bit of that um steely focus, that insane focus where you know, I talk a lot of trash and you know, I'm I'm joking, I'm making fun of people, I'm making fun of myself. I'm telling stories and singing songs when I'm playing chess, especially in the park. And, you know, it's to get under people's skin. It's to get in their head a little bit. But there's certain guys. There's certain guys that I could, like, I could let off an M80 and, you know, play all kinds of Zydeco music and it won't bother them at all. And those are the dudes who are, like, the real crazy ones. The real ones who I'm just like, damn, this dude ain't human.
0: (laughs) Now, I've met Alexander Lindley. Oh yeah. Great guy. Born his chess personality out. <laughs> but he 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 came to work with the kids from Detroit, but he's bold in what he says.
1: What did that Alex say? So
0: uh he was going over one of our homeboys Jimmy game, J- James County, right? Mm-hmm. James Kennedy came. Out. I had him busted. I had him busted, such and such. He just looked up at Jimmy and told him, "Where?" <laughs> like pretty much, you getting your ass kicked the whole game. Where is the win at? <laughs> it wasn't like no filter trying to protect his feelings. He just said, "Like where?" You see what I'm saying? And it's like, I listen, I respect that too, man. I'm as crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's saying like being at the top level, like mentally. Do they have, like, OCD? Uh, You oh, know, because,
1: yeah, uh. yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, if I'm spending all this time and all my social engagement is with a bunch of other <coughs> people who are also kind of, like, socially awkward, can't really mm-hmm. put it together, you don't really, and also, like, listen, me and you, we grew up in a different situation with dudes who, like, cracked on us in the cafeteria, and then you crack back at them, and, like, you know, you do the like stuff like that kind of sharpens you up and makes you strong in a different way and these dudes they just don't have that but then they have something else where they beat guys like us at the things that they love so like it makes them both confident but then they don't have that the wherewithal to actually like you know what i mean like they can't really put it down so they don't have that social grace and then that just gets compounded by their freaking insane focus and all that ocd and stuff so it comes out in a lot of weird ways, man. It's, it's fun to see that. But Alex Lenderman is, I mean, he's brilliant. Like, he can, he, he's he been the second for all kinds of, like, super, super GMs. So, and I've seen him, like, I can tell you, like, about four or five traps that I play right now, I learned from Alex Lenderman. So, I mean, he he, he could play exactly, like, almost anybody. He's a mo- almost like a, I don't even know, like, he's like Mystique in the X-Men. Like, he could shapeshift. You know, his chest style really, really well. He's super tactical. He could just adapt. Oh, absolutely. That. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. That's a thing that a lot of top GMs have. I just don't know how much of a killer Alex Linderman is. Like, you need everything to get to, like, Dingley Lee Ren level. You need everything to get to Levon Aronian level. Like, all of those dudes could do everything. You know what I mean? They can all.
0: Right. Now, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And the only thing we had as a GM is Ben Feingold. The great Ben. Hey. And oh, you yeah, half of us can't stand. <laughs> and he took so long to get to GM. I think when he got to GM, he was out to state of Michigan. That, 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 oh. makes <laughs> that makes sense. Uh,
1: yeah, Ben and I also, we would get into one-minute arena. I would say maybe. I haven't played Ben as much as i played other GMs. I've probably only played him maybe about <clears throat> 20 or 30 times as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we played mostly one minute. So I know I was able to hang in there with him, but I wasn't as strong as I am then maybe it was like 10 years ago last time I played him. 15 years ago. Um, but I do feel like I was able to get like three or four or one minute games off of Ben for sure.
0: Wow. So how, let me ask a question. Yeah. I know you, you, like you said, you conceded. you, you the greatest was- How strong you really think you are if you would put chess first instead of getting the money? Which I don't blame. Mm, I don't even is- know if
1: I put getting the money first. I mean, I just put... I put my, my ego first. <laughs> like, I just like to beat people at games. So, I, you know, I play trivia. I play Scrabble and Poker and Backgammon and all these other games. Um, it's weird. Like, I had a moment where I was like 2,199. I was gaining rating points. Uh, and then I lost some 1,700. And I got a little, like, distraught. And I thought to myself, like, why am I getting so mad about this? Like, I, I, I'm a dude my whole life where... You know all kinds of terrible stuff happens to me and i still don't get that down but like chess kind of like brought me down like, and i was like i try to generally avoid too many things that get me stressed out if i had concentrated on chess, maybe i would have been like i don't know 23 2400 right now perhaps um mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i say to what end you know like there's a lot to do to 2300 there's a lot to do to 2400 it doesn't like do something great in your life. So I just focus on like the jokes, the you know, the lows, all that good stuff. Um, but at the same time, how strong am I? I don't know how strong I am. I mean, like at one minute, at one point, I got up to, like almost 2700 I was like 2650 or something like that on chess.com. And I was in a real zone. And you know, even in person, when I get into that zone, like in that moment. Where I know I'm playing really great, like I feel like I can beat anybody, anybody ever. And I know it sounds crazy because it has nothing to do with how good my chess is. Because I don't care about the chess so much as just getting that win. Like in poker, for instance, when I'm playing poker, everybody always says the same thing to me like, oh, I had you on the flop. How could you play those cards? I'm like, all that matters is the river. We're like, no, anybody would have resigned in that position. You were dead. I was like, yeah, but I didn't. And I came back and you touched the wrong piece, or you blundered. So it's like, chess is a real results-oriented kind of game. But everyone who plays talks about the process. They're process-oriented. They're like, oh, you're supposed to do this, this, and this, and that stuff. Oh, you could win sometimes, but in the long run, it won't work. And weirdly enough, it's like People tend to speak out of both sides of their mouth when it comes to chess. You know, they they're they're obsessed with the process and how what doing the right thing. And yet when the results don't bear out, like, okay, eventually it'll happen. Me, I'm just, you know, I'm taking the path of least resistance. So a lot of the time I'm winning when I definitely shouldn't be winning against guys I definitely shouldn't win against. And honestly, that's all I need. I just like to get those wins.
0: So I
1: don't I don't know how good I am, to be honest.
0: Well, I respect it and not Let's talk about, like, you being on reality TV, right? Yeah, Yeah, man. Name some of reality television shows you've been on. Well, I've been on a lot of shows, uh, mostly game shows, to be honest. Um,
1: You know, I'm a trivia guy, so I know a lot of facts. And I host a trivia night in New York. I compete in trivia nights all around the city and even all around the country. And so that's mainly, like, my game show kind of thing so when i was a kid i really wanted to get onto jeopardy i used to watch jeopardy on tv you know alex trebek and Mm -hmm. uh, you know i wanted to win a massive amount of money all at once so i got lucky when i was 12 years old i got onto the show called where in the world is carmen san diego i used to watch that yeah there's another chess master named john santana in new york who also was on the show he was like on maybe like six months after me and it only like when we were chess coaches as adults did we figure that out Shout out to I never heard of. Shout out to Juwan, he's the man. Him and like, there's a whole bunch of like cool Spanish players in New York, like, um, you know, Sean and Angel, like I was saying, and my friend Marcus and uh, Matthew Morales, who are like real strong players. Like we can break it down. Like you know, New York is a kind of good dudes. Anyway, the um, the uh, trivia thing just came out of that. Like I knew I could get onto a game show, so I kept competing in that kind of stuff and trying out. And I got onto more shows. I got into Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Uh, in my early 20s. uh, I got into this show called Cash Cab, which is like on Discovery Channel where you get into a cab and then they ask you questions. I ask you them questions. Yeah, you win money. And then Mm -hmm. I finally got into Jeopardy when I was 30. And, you know, I crushed it. I was able to win. I was crushing in my second one. And uh, they put me in the Jeopardy Hall of Fame, which is really cool. Uh, Mostly because of my Sparks like personality and my conceitedness, as you put. It. I, I, I'm gonna actually use that word for myself. I like to, I like to honestly every single insult, man. I own up to it. I'm like, all right, cool, man. If that's how you see me, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm as conceited as could be. Um, so I got into the Jeopardy Hall of Fame, and after that, I went on to Wheel of Fortune. Uh, what else? I did a show called Million Second Quiz. You know
0: what? I got a Wikipedia page. If the fans want to just check it out, they can see all that stuff. <laughs> So let me ask you a question. Being on, like, reality TV show and game shows, yeah. right? You've been on reality TV, too, right? Uh, I wouldn't say quite reality TV.
1: Like, I was very close to getting on a Survivor at one point. And um, Oh, that would have been dope. Yeah, yeah, and I did this thing called... uh this MTV show called Crash Karaoke, which was, like, I would go around and do that kind of thing. But I'm, just, I'm not as good at reality TV. The weird thing is... <laughs> Not that I'm obsessed with having control, but in those shows, the producers have most of the control. It's a competition on the surface. But when you get under the surface, it's really just like guys moving the pieces around. So they're like trying to get you drunk, trying to get you mad, trying to deprive you of this. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, whatever footage you have, they cut it up. Like the editors will cut it up in a certain way to make it seem like you meant to do this or that. And having that complete lack of control kind of is like, you know, what's the point of competing if you if they already decide who's going to win? You
0: know what I mean? Right. Now I got a question for you. You been on them game shows, have you ever hustled some of the contestants or participants on the chessboard? <laughs> chessboard, scramble, backgammon, dice, cards, poker, whatever. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, it, it, it's weird. Like, the thing is, the with, with the reputation I have, people actually do it third party like someone will come and try to set me up against somebody else knowing that i can beat this guy or knowing this guy's good and i mean i can't lie like i'm a hustler i i hustle every day i can win more money in the park than everybody else but i got a big ego and i get cut down a lot you know i get people set me up more than anything else so like i'll sit down and be like oh play my friend and i'm like i can beat anybody i'll do it with my eyes closed i can get them queen odds." I'll give you five to one on the money, five to one on the time. I'll let you have two take backs, you know, anything. Like, I'll go insane. And, like, I'll go to the park and say, like, oh, you pick the square, I'll checkmate you on. And usually that blows back in my face. So, like, when I've been on these shows and stuff, you know, people are like, oh, can you beat this guy and that guy? And I've played a little bit, but usually in a different arena, somebody's more afraid of me than anything else because, like, my reputation perceives me. So people actually try not to blame me. And I'm so confident that I'm like, I'll play for any amount of money. People are like, I mean, you saw it when you were in Chicago. People are like, oh, nah, man, I, I don't want any part of that. And I'm like, come on, come on. And people just back down. So, like, it's almost like I win before I even start the game. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because I remember you playing our boy Josh Pasuma and Bullet. I don't know if you remember. Y'all was just throwing chess pieces all over the place. I believe it. I don't even think y'all was playing chess. I just think y'all was banging the clock, knocking the pieces down see who time there you go i i told <laughs> see, you man I'm, I'm like a a crazy gorilla throwing shit i'm
1: just like i'm just trying to bang it out i want you to play chess i want you to feel good about chess i just want to beat you or whatever you think you're playing yeah i want you to, I, I want you to change what you do and do what i do and i want you to not be in
0: your comfort zone i want you to be in my comfort zone and
1: my comfort zone is chaos
0: that's dope. Now, let me ask you a question. What is a, a typical Jonathan Corblad day for folks that out here want to listen? To?
1: Typical Jonathan Corblad day. Well, it, it is interesting because uh, I'll just talk about the fall and the school year since that's what we are right now. So, I'm a teacher. Uh-huh. And I teach test to kids in um, in New York City in a public school and a private school. So, usually I'll wake up at about let's say 10 a.m. Uh, I'll put around on social media a little bit. What music is playing when you wake up at ten a.m.? Oh, uh, good question. Good question. Um, I guess you know it runs the gamut. It depends on if I was with a girl the previous night. I might have had like some playlist on that's like booty jams or something like that. Um, but usually it's like maybe some '90s old school hip hop or R&B.
0: Or stop. I got a question. Yeah. Who is the best MC from New York? Ha! The best MC from New York. Before we finish that, I just got to get that. Who's the best MC from New York? I'm saying Nas or Big L. Yo, Nas and Big L are good choices. I mean, if I'm going to limit it to freestyles, Big L is probably
1: one of the greatest freestyles of all time. Like, if you go on Spotify right now, like, pull up the Big L freestyles, you're going to hear some, like, and he was dirty. Like, Big L was just, like, grimy. But his career wasn't long enough for me to be like, yo, he was the man. Like, the same thing with Nas. Like, if Nas had died right after Illmatic, People like, yo, he's the greatest legend of all time, and no one could ever touch him. And like, he had it enough that you could be like, yeah, okay, like Illmatic's a dope album. Like, I can't see anybody touching that. But like, he kept making music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like,
0: if my rating, saying, if my rating goes up, then it got worse. Was that? So you saying after he kept on producing stuff, his music got worse? Sir. It's it's like, listen, man, you have
1: a whole resume of what you've done, and you could have one hit and like four duds and that hit could be like the greatest hit of all time but the four duds people like it's built it's, it's okay. by association man like Okay you
0: know? okay hillmatic is classic man what was it I Am um.
1: yeah he had um Stillmatic that and then he had he had like them joints um. with Lauren Hill
0: yeah that was I Am um, it was written yeah yeah that was pretty decent albums
1: I got an answer for you it's Biggie it's Biggie Smalls 100% for me like
0: no Jay-Z no Jay-Z now. Oof.
1: Uh, I gotta say, Biggie, only just because like his, his stuff was just so much more clever, and his rhyming patterns, his speed—like you could see like what he does on like Notorious Thugs and Thugs versus like you know stuff he did on Ready to Die when he was like doing different, like he would rap in different voices, like he would do skits, and like. I don't know, man. I'm, for my money, it's got to be Biggie. I mean, Jay-Z, Nas are close. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're trash. Like, I'm repping New York 100%. I'm just saying, you ask me a question. Who's number one? So I put Biggie number one. I respect it. Nah. Anyway, I'm listening to all kinds of stuff. And then after that, like, I'm heading to my schools. So I have uh, two or three uh, schools that I go to on a regular basis. And I do, like, curriculum classes. I'll break for lunch, and then I'll start, like, playing a little bit, looking up some tactics positions that I want to share with the kids. I have my uh, after-school club, so it's, like, a sharp team of kids between, like, 13 and 1,600 that I'm trying to, like, you know, win the Nationals with, so I'm challenging them a lot. And then from about five, you know, I'll jump in a cab. I'll go to Park Avenue, and I have some rich kids that I do tutoring with. So I'll do that for a couple hours, and I charge these obscene rates because, you know, I can do that. And then, um, you know, maybe, uh, let's say around 7 p.m., you know, I'll probably be done with all my chess teaching work. So I'll work between like 10 and 7, let's say, or maybe like 12 and 7. And then, you know, I'll either do almost a quiz night or I'll compete in a trivia night. Uh, I'll go to the movies. I'm reading books. Uh, I'll usually, because I'm always trying to stay sharp, you know, I want to learn new stuff, you know. And it doesn't have to be chess. Like, I've never, ever actually studied chess, because I really don't enjoy studying chess. I'm not going to lie. But I do enjoy studying, like, you know, culture, pop culture, history, science, literature, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so I'll go to the movies or something like that, and then, you know, maybe I might be able to, Depends on if I'm dating somebody, just, I think, it, like, I want my lady rating to go up as well, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: mine's probably about 1,700 right now. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I'm on, like, 24, in <laughs>
0: Let me ask you, you probably because you're so busy. I have this thing called Dog Walk Friday on Leech. Okay. Where I stream. I want to send you a Dog Walk Friday hoodie if that's cool. Yeah, man.
1: Send me whatever you want. I'll take a picture if it's free.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah, it is free, man. I have to say, after it's over, inbox me your information. I'll, uh, you know, get that too. Yeah, you. of course, man. I appreciate it. Now I got uh, uh another question. Knock it out. I was at work yesterday and we got to this huge argument and this is something I stand on. Black men don't cheat.
1: Black men don't cheat? Cheat. Cheat, cheat on their women?
0: Yes. Niggas do. Oh. That's my philosophy. What did you say? I mean, man,
1: I'm fucking, I'm I'm that nigga. V <laughs> 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 five <FIFA>, four <nigga. laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think a man is only as um, responsible and as you know uh, dependable as his options. And if his options grow to insane ways, then they'll be able to cheat like you see rich guys poor guys handsome guys ugly guys black guys everybody's cheating out there (laughs) some of them don't get caught a lot of them don't admit it um but yeah no i mean i can't lie like i've I've done it quite a few times and i trying i'm trying to be better trying to improve but you know if i'm out there i don't know if i'm in a long distance relationship or somebody's uh, my text messages then i mean goodness Sounds like it. Sounds like I got no shame about it, but you know, I feel bad from time to time, especially when things go go crazy. But to answer your question, is it? Yeah, I mean, if, if I want to say like niggas are just like the lowest of the low, then yeah, man. Like, listen, I mean, I'm not I'm not cheating at chess games, but I'm cheating at relationships. All- I don't cheat on chess games, but I cheat on my taxes. <laughs> but I don't cheat that at games. Was, like games, it's weird. Like everybody has their code, man. Integrity is a funny thing. I don't know.
0: Another question. Can you name me an attractive female chess player that you met on the chess circuit? Oh, man, quite a few. I mean, it's weird. Like, you
1: know, when you get into these little niches of communities where there's more men than women, more males than females, what happens is the rating, the score gets skewed. So you could be like, oh, she's a real life, you know, six, but in Magic the Gathering class, you know, she's she's <laughs> nine and a half. You know, like, oh, she's a real life six, but you know, you know, around trivia guys or whatever, you know, she's much higher. That's just a thing that happens. It's relativity, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's one of really pretty women who who've been around. I've, I've met a few like foreign girls who've come into the Chess arena. I'm not I don't wanna name any names because like, I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna throw throw a monkey wrench into my opportunities here but actually I lost my virginity with a chess girl to be honest. Yeah that was like way back in the day.
0: You haven't slid in anybody DMs?
1: All day man. I mean come on you gotta you gotta shoot your shots, you gotta throw up fishing poles. you gotta put I'm talking about
0: chess women that play chess. Have you ever slid in their DMs? Like, hey, let's work on this opening together. But really, I'm trying to throw the blade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um you know, I mean everybody here who's listening,
1: who's seen knows that like I don't even need to slide in DMs. Like my charm is effervescent. My 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 face, my smile, when I when I see you in person, that's 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 where I start. So you know, I'm actually way better in person, so I just meet these girls and you know, I, I try to throw throw whatever player game I can at them. Nah, I'm not sliding in the DMs. I'm I'm coming right in your face, man. I'm six foot six, three hundred pounds, twisted steel, sex appeal, charm.
0: You know. You six foot six. Six foot six, man. I'll dunk on why you ain't who? I'll dunk on you tomorrow. No, I'm just saying, like most people I know that tall who. You haven't played ball?
1: I mean, I can dunk, yes, but I'm kind of trash. Like, here's the weird thing about being six foot six. You go on the court. Guys start starting to pick teams. And what's the first thing they say? Yo.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: I got big men. <laughs> I got big man. I'm like, and I'm standing there. I'm like, all right, yo, like, I'm not guaranteeing nothing. Like, you're lost. Like, I'm a little trash. Like, I, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, you know, the other cats were like, "Hell, yo, you got to play on the team. Like, yo, run, run, come to practice, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't have a jump shot. I don't have any handles. I mean, I love basketball. I'm a Knicks fan. I've been watching basketball. and playing basketball since I was a kid, but I'm just not blessed athletically in that way. So, I'm like, I'll I'll tell you, like, who you can compare me to, basketball-wise. I'm like, Yinka Dare, Yokim Noah, like, you know, Bo Outlaw-level basketball player. We're all like, hey, they got paid. No, damn straight, they got paid. I'm like If I had to paid at it, that would have been my ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't shoot. I can't dribble. Um, but I play a lot of defense. Hustle. Um, like, definitely, Like you'll, you'll see me on the court. Like, I'm getting steals. I'm stripping people. Like, I focus on defense. But the hard part is, like, it's just hard to run. Like, I'm, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss, like, two-thirds of my layups, man. I'm like, I'm trash. <laughs> I'm trash.
0: Now, i talked, I talked to Angel Lopez. We always kick it. And he said, Kosta Corley. Kimball. Oh, yeah. Koss is good. Koss is an athlete, man. He's in great shape. Like the dude, I bust Corley at But they told me he could hoop, he got a job for all that other stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: Casa's is man good. Yeah. I, I mean, and Koss is also, like, 2400 with the ladies as well. I remember, like, I was rolling through Bets Like, he goes to parties. Like, he's the man. Yo, know? is like, he just had this amazing GM game. But, like, this dude went to Duke and, like, was surrounded with sorority girls. And like playing basketball, like listen, Casa's on that level. Like you know, we were talking about Alex Lenderman, where we were like, oh man, to get really really good, you know, sometimes you you have to compromise this or that. Kasa's just doing it all, man, and I'm I'm happy. I'm proud of that young brother. He's the man. So
0: you said he could hoop? Yeah, he can hoop and he can do it all. all right, go for Kasa, twenty four hundred with the ladies. Damn street man, shoot. Can't shoot no dice.
1: I mean, I have never seen him shoot. That's the boy grew up in Harlem, so I wouldn't put it past him.
0: him. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a Harlem man, you know
1: him, Shrew, uh Ray Ray, the whole Harlem crew, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put anything past Harlem. See, that's the thing. Like Chicago versus Detroit versus whatever. Like you guys have your battles, but like in New York, there's so many of us that we're just like, yo, it's Brooklyn versus Harlem. It's Harlem versus Queens. You know what I mean? Like we, we already have our battles that we've been. Having non stop, so when we get together, we're picking all star teams of so the best Harlem, the best Brooklyn Cats, the best whatever Cats coming together. And like, I'm not gonna say that y'all don't have a chance, but like, we just have a bigger pool of dudes to message y'all. Like, you know,
0: one, th- one thing about Detroit, see, we ain't no dummy, we know if we play New York, we gonna lose. We just want them to be competitive. Yeah. Chicago thinks they're gonna take the W, which is not to me, elevated or go all the way to the top. But, yeah you know, I mean it, it's,
1: it's rough Like we're Like you know when, when they do those Pan Ams and stuff Where they put out like You know Texas Tech A team And UTD A team And B team And Webster C team Like at the end It's the Webster C team That comes in third The Webster B team That comes in You know what I'm saying Like the same thing right. For this Blitz Hustling New York You know Brothers and everything Like that Like New York Has like a D team That I'm not even Playing on That I should be Playing on You know what I'm saying like, and I'm just too busy to play on it. So, I can go to the National Blitz League or whatever it is. And You know, me and Angel and all those dudes, you play it on the C team. You know? Take take on Josh and Carlos and Justice and Casa. That's the A team, you know? Like, th- those dudes will mess
0: y'all up. I'm sorry. It's the truth. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Now I appreciate. I'm not gonna waste your time. I appreciate you blessed me with this podcast. Is there anything you want to say? Talk to everybody that listens. The
1: floor is yours. Uh, man, deep thanks so much. Like I really appreciate it. This was actually a lot of fun. I've never really talked to you before. Like we had a little kind of kind of games the nationals, and you know I met you at a few tournaments, and uh, you've been positive, dude. Funny, you know a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, good luck to your kids in Detroit. Uh, good luck to you and your chess pursuit. Hopefully your podcast blows up. Um, yeah, like I'm not a big social media cat. I'm not hopping in anybody's DMs, but I'm trying to get on TV. I'm trying to get as famous as I possibly can make that money. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I hope everybody understands that whatever negativity comes out, whatever it is, I'm a positive dude. And when you see me, just remember, I got a smile on my face and I'm rooting for everybody.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Once we get off, inbox me your information and your size. I'm going to send you this shirt. Like I said, I wish you much nothing but success. Anything you do, TV, show, whatever, I'm here to support it. Have a blessed day. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. I'm out. Thank Thanks. Take it easy. Yes, sir.